Hey everyone, it's Will and James here. Welcome to the Pure Sport Project. We want to jump into the minds of people we find inspiring from all walks of life. Bringing you their stories, lessons learned along the way, and future plans. So tune in for some of them wholesome yarns. Welcome back to the Pure Sport Project. This week we're joined by Andy Manteet from Turf Games. Hey boys, how are you? Very good, thanks for Doing asking. Doing our best. I'm actually great. I don't know why I said that. I'm great. Yeah, today's actually our launch day of Boost Clarity and Unwind. So and I, I think we've I had a bit too much CBD. Boosted. The hype is real on social media. Yeah, it's absolutely flying at the moment. And we probably will run out of stock. The only reason, I'm, the only reason I'm here is to get three, one of each. Yeah? Yeah. Have we got some? Uh, not new ones. I've only got <laughs> the ones you brought half the ones. <laughs> yeah. I'll take what I can get. Um, so we'll let you do your introductions because you probably know a lot more about yourself than I actually know about you. I just know you as of... Turf Games, active man back in the day. So yeah, take it away. All right. So my name is Andy Manteet. I am from Australia, hence the accent, from a sunny Brisbane. So yeah, I guess in terms of my background, I uh, grew up playing a heap of sport, rugby, rugby league, cricket, tennis, etc. Love traveling. So when I was 23, packed up the traveler backpack with a bunch of mates, went to the States and um, did a big trip around there, spring break, Canada, ended up in the UK. Um, for about 12 years, worked in finance between Australia and the UK. Um, that was kind of what I was interested in at the time. But fitness was always my, I guess, hobby love as such. So dabbled in a few different side projects when my in my 20s, making clothes, uh, fitness businesses, group training businesses and fitness. And that's kind of led me to where I am today. So Turf Games started 2017 as a way really just to get a bunch of guys together who Love playing rugby, love playing sport, but had to retire through knees, heads, injuries. Had no outlet for, um, for I guess, to express their athleticism, teamwork, win stuff. And yeah, just, just got got into that and it's just snowballed. And yeah, now I'm, um, it's my full-time occupation, passion, and looking to grow that into um, something which is quite big and quite even more fun. Yeah, I think Turkims is, That's been, is grown nutshell. and grown and grown over the years. I think that my first experience was Perpetua in Battersea. It was, I th- was it Turf Games then or was it Active Man back then? Uh, that was Active Man sponsored. So Perpetua, I think, was literally three, three years ago. Yeah. Um, it came up on my feed yesterday. It's like a memory. Yeah. yeah. Love those. Joined by the big man. G unit, Grayson. The rainmaker. He's good here. to be here. The rain man. Yeah. Not rain I'm like the rain man, but just not good at all at maths. But, <laughs> so, yeah. Just good at, good at branding. Um, I'm so sorry, Andy. I'll drop, I didn't realize you were coming at this time. I've just delivered the boys a flat white, but I've got my own flat white. Got one got in hand. Nice pink cup. Yeah. Future podcast sponsor, Elam Coffee. So there you go. <laughs> Um, but now, good to see you, man. You too, mate. Bloody love your work with up. Turf Games, and we're Likewise. bloody one of the most sort of monumental feelings for me and the brand was when we were able to announce our partnership with you, because obviously all you encapsulate the community, the lifestyle, uh, the inclusivity of of Turf Games as something so aspirational, and then you know you guys have built up over a period of time and for us to put our name next to you guys as a sponsor of the events, uh, something we're really, really proud of. So bloody good to work with just good people and uh, people that we can relate to. And uh, yeah, man. No, mate, appreciate that. It's right back at you, you as well. Like Pure Sport has literally come from nowhere to be this sort of colossal 
game changer, um, setting the standard of wellness recovery in the industry. And it's, it's, I'm excited for us to kind of grow together and have a lot of fun together. Me too, man. The journey's just beginning and uh, yeah, man, it's off to a cool, bloody good start. Um, it's been some sick hype. People are loving the fact that um, we, we've connected with you guys. So, you know, right off the bat when you get a whole lot of people like, oh my God, what a sick partnership. And yeah, like I said, you're a great bunch of people. Amazing for us to be aligned with you guys. Just the beginning and I'm going to get out of here because I've opened the door to this little podcast studio, create a whole lot of noise. I've got my dog running around. You can probably hear her foot patters on the on the wooden floor so bloody pleasure to have you andy sorry to interrupt but that's the regular coffee drop and probably the main strength of my role here delivering coffee so <laughs> peace out thanks buddy see you soon yeah so yeah it started in 2017 literally we had 30 guys um six teams five guys in each i chose a few captains they, they picked the rest of their team we had one, one event a month for three months, a bit of a series, culminating in a sort of a, well, a winner-take-all final. Lee Phillips' team won that. He won most of the stuff early on. He now programs all the turf games. Workouts is a big part of the journey over the past few years. And yeah, just the, what we kind of we got into it and then everyone's like, you know, what's next? You know, where's it going to go? How big can you get it? And we just went from 30 people to 60 people. And probably the biggest surprise at that time was I kind of didn't think that female community was would be that keen and on in taking part in it but we just kept getting all these emails about when's our turn you know the our friends want to take part in in the turf games and we we sort of we launched it in april 18 uh with with 40 40 girls up at farm fitness and it just yeah it kind of went colossal from there and 100 people 400 people 800 people 1000 people and took it to new york took it to la dubai sydney and just um yeah it's been a bit of a a whirlwind because in a way we kind of started in 2018 2019 was like a, a, a proper full year and then 2020 was meant to be kind of a, a huge i guess year of events going to the next level and got, got wiped out pretty much as it started we managed to get in dubai and then um sorry london winter then dubai and then yeah doors closed when then we've gone digital since which has been a bit has been fun interesting but i'm kind of at the end of my excitement for digital stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've literally watched it go from strength to strength and get bigger and bigger to the point that you were just growing out, uh, outgrowing venues. Like you were getting to the one at Roslyn Park and, you know, that could cater, what, a thousand people, just over a thousand people. And then, you know, like you probably had to put tickets on hold and be like, we, we can't actually fit any more people in here. So like your background in terms of when you were growing up, were you very competitive? Yeah, so I, I always played competitive team sport always wanted to be in the best team cricket was my main when i was growing up i guess like a lot of kids in australia you want to be in the australian cricket team um played cricket six days a week for up till I was about 18 but always rugby rugby league tennis if, all the sports that i kind of were good at i played to the best that i could and i, I enjoy playing sports socially but even that social aspect even now i play in my last man stands cricket team and it's social but if we don't win i don't enjoy it <laughs> <laughs> um, we're actually we've done quite well over the past couple of years, so that's I still have that element of competitiveness competitiveness in me, um, and I guess that's where the turf games has been driven from. So, yeah, playing a lot of like rep cricket growing up, and then just time. I guess time got in the way when you get a bit older. You have you know family, you have kids, etc., and it's hard to commit to playing a full season of any sport. I guess fitness allows you to kind of 
train on your own time and then dive in or not to a, to a fitness comp. And I think that's why it's kind of this space that we're in, the functional fitness. Like we've kind of been calling it social fitness, really. Like it's people coming together as part of a community, competing. Some take it seriously. Some are just there to be with their mates, meet new people, get content for Instagram. But it's just that coming together that people can book a time in their diary in three months, train for it, come together on a Saturday, Sunday, have some fun. Um, and kind of push themselves is what where the where the space has really sort of grown from. Um, but I, I, I honestly have putting my hand up. I've never competed in a turf games. I'm always on the other side of the of the, of the um, clipboard. It will happen once once we get to a stage where I don't have to be on on there running around with a, with a microphone on, making sure everything's running okay. I'll probably get Lee Phillips, the captain of my team, and I'll if if you'll have me. <laughs> you've got some connections like i've seen some of the people you've like invited like a khan porter or ben seymour you could have a real star-studded team and just put yourself in there and be like oh what i've won (laughs) i think i'll probably drag them down to like 10th or 12th place if i was in their team and be a bit bit strange those guys who are weapons get coming 10th or 12th but there'll be common denominator there yeah like a khan porter crossfit games athlete like and just an absolute savage as well like he's not just any old athlete like he's actually an all-round absolute badass when it comes to just physical feats yeah we actually uh, when i first met khan in london a few years ago we did a workout at um i think it was it was perpetua at the time in battersea and it was partners like 10 guys i partnered with khan which was the big, biggest error it was effectively a you go i go workout whereas i think it was a dt and then a, a row with a run and your rest was when the other person was still going <laughs> i was just getting back from my round and Khan had already finished his round, so I got zero rest. <laughs> Those and kind I, of things are like a double-edged sword because yeah. you've got to go hard in your bit and then they're getting more rest. So that when it comes to their turn, they can go faster, which then eats into your rest. And then, yeah, yeah it's just a, a be, spiral. I wanted to bond with him, but um, it's not good bonding with someone when you're just a, a heap of shit on the floor next to them. <laughs> <laughs> so when you started Turf Games, was it very, did you have like a long-term vision of being like, okay, in two years, I want to be here. And in five years, I want to be here. Or was it very much just kind of, oh, this is growing organically it's just growing by itself and just kind of taking each day as it came it was to be honest i I didn't have a clear like i want to be here in in a certain amount of time my main goal was to build a fitness festival which people wanted to come along to it had it, it looked good the branding was good um it looked like everything was meant to be there and i wanted i wanted to attract people to come and watch that just weren't the boyfriends and girlfriends or parents of athletes. I'm like, how can we get people to come along and enjoy this experience? And that, that weren't just directly related to the competitors. And I guess you throw in great music, you throw in some beers and, and other drinks, you throw in some great food and you create an atmosphere. And it was kind of, I wouldn't say I was trying to be the anti fitness competition. I was just trying to create an experience that people thoroughly enjoyed. And when we went to New York, it wasn't necessarily about like the event itself was small, but we engaged with the community over there and it was great, but it was more about the, the whole experience. And what I've always done with any event since probably 2018 was our events aren't, aren't a point in time. It's not just on the 1st of September, you come to our event. We have a build up, we have a community, we have a ways to engage with the turf games, meet new people, um, the whole sort of year. And it's just about, being part of uh, people's functional fitness journeys, making it better, making them better, bringing, you know, working with partners like Pure Sport that aid their recovery, underarm with apparel, nutrition, et cetera. And it's just really this full encompassing journey that we want to be part of and help people uh, enjoy their fitness a lot more. 
But to answer the question, there was no clear vision. And even to this day, yesterday we had a bit of a strategy planning day. And you know, obviously the past years sort of changed plans a little bit. The, the, the global growth has been effectively, I guess, for the short term, stunted. Um, but while I think we've lost 12 months of physical events or, 12, or 18 months of physical events, I don't think we'll come out 18 months behind of where we wanted to be. Um, we've had phenomenal growth, success, community engagement since this time last year when lockdown, I think today's the anniversary of lockdown, day one of lockdown. Pretty um, much, yeah. Yeah, well, we, won't, we won't drink to that. <laughs> mm. ah, it yeah. makes sense. And yeah, so I think it's helped to, to grow the pie of you know, so many people in the past 12 months through digital staff, through our pairs combine, have probably 30% at our combine and probably similar amount to our home games had never ever competed in a fitness comp before of any of any sort of um, style or whatever. So the pie of the functional fitness community, the competitive side has got bigger and bigger and bigger. And I think the growth that's come out of this and fitness being a huge driver um, of everyone's, I think, lifestyle from now onwards is going to just extrapolate the growth. And I think a lot of brands you know, like yourselves and Under Armour, et cetera, are really keen to jump on the back of this and, and grow a lot faster than what potentially would have if this thing, although we, we, we wish this thing didn't happen. I think we, we're, everyone's in a good position who's in the space. I think if you've got a good platform to build off over the next sort of 12, 18, 36 months. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where, when you, so you had your professional career as well. When, when Turf Games started, were you still working in that professional career? So I spent, yeah, working in private wealth in Australia in the, in the UK for about 12 odd years. Me and my wife, my wife launched a multi-brand activewear store in the UK in 2013, called Active in Style, 2012, sorry. We then launched the Active Man um, 2016. So I was working in banking up until 2016. And I, I, just, I reached that point of... I started to have more meetings for clothing and fitness than I did for banking. And for, I guess, probably my ethical reasons, I didn't think that was fair to my employer at the time to be doing that. And also my own mental bandwidth just couldn't cope with doing both. And I thought, well, I want to give, I've always had this sort of entrepreneurial itch from the age of 10, I was fly dropping in Australia around people's, the, the, the neighbors, I was mowing grass, I was washing cars. I wanted to buy a boat, so that's why I did it. Bought a boat. You know, I was I made clothing. We set up businesses, etc. When I was younger, um, but they were all kind of more side projects. And I guess the clothing was something which um, was a bit more of a proper business. Then out of that, I've always enjoyed organising events, whether it's mates' holidays to, to Byron Bay or wherever it might be. I enjoyed that sort of side of things. I never thought I'd work as an event, big event organiser. It's um, but. Yeah, You're it's... always on the bachelor party list, number one. Just get Andy in because he will organise the shit out of this this trip. Yeah, I've, I had I had a good bachelor party, but my mates organised that. <laughs> but yeah, so that was about 2016, and then pretty much full time turf game since quarter three 2018, um, and just really gone sort of hammer and tongue with that. And you know, it's it's been. It's been a phenomenal, phenomenally fun. Like the two things I love doing are meeting people and traveling, hence why we're building events all over the world. And probably the third third thing I love a lot is the sun. So I'm trying to build this endless summer of Turf Games events. This is something that I ask all Australians. Why are you here? Yeah. Honestly, I've been there more than, I've been five or six times and the lifestyle is incredible. You say you grew up playing cricket, rugby, rugby league. Well, the you reason I'm here now. 
I was like, I don't do any of that. My wife's, my wife's English, so that's why I'm here. Uh, we, we, we lived in Australia for four years between 08 and 2012. We both made the, the, the decision to come back for multiple reasons. Um, it was mainly to set up a business. The opportunity we had over here, we looked in the whole 24-hour gym chain franchise back in the time of any, Anytime Fitness, but we didn't go with that. We went down the sort of more clothing route. But, um, you know, the, in 2007 when I was here, I could not get out of this place fast enough. I was like, "Not London's not for me. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a sunshine beach guy. And then fast forward 12 years, I spent 12 years of the past, well, sorry, fast forward 15 years, 12 years out of the past 15 years living in London. So hopefully one day I'll get back to Australia. I did that. I had a year living in Sydney and it's like nine months of really nice weather, you know, like long days, you go down to the beach and then three months where it's a bit, a bit drizzly, whereas you come back to the UK and it's the complete opposite. You get three months where it's good weather and then nine months of just yeah. drizzle and gray. Yeah. I, I, the weather affects me a lot, probably more so this year, given that normally we, I, you know, I'm in Australia in November or Christmas time or in Dubai, literally this week, you know, most years and not being anywhere for 12 months and doing a whole seven, seven months of winter is, I think it's even, it's tough for most people, but um, yeah, it is what it is. Like the weather you can't control. So you just, you just get on with it, right? Yeah. So go, go back 12 months, lockdown happened. What was your initial thought process? Cause obviously like you're an events company pretty much. Like everything you do is around going out, meeting people, hosting mini events, hosting big events. So then it was like, well, you can't do that. So what was like the initial thought process and then the plan? Well, there's, there's no playbook for a pandemic. Like no one thought, you know, people might say that these things happen, but no one thinks they're actually going to happen. So we were in, in Dubai at the time, summer festival was meant to be June, a huge event. We had 13, 1400 athletes signed up. Obviously when this thing happened in March, we thought it'll be gone in April, right? It's, it's not going to last. So we're like, we'll get the sort of like seeing what other brands are doing, other events, etc. We'll get some comms out saying, you know, we'll keep an eye on things. The event is still going to happen. But then we thought, okay, how can we add value to the community? How can we add value to our partners? How can we keep moving forward? And because we're a small, nimble team, we launched within a week Home Games 1.0. And it was just an online body weight only individual comp. And we got it out there. And I guess at the time from that the entire world was in lockdown. So the traction it got, I think everyone was sort of at home on their phone. So Instagram, you got that kind of organic reach like you got 10 years ago, eight years ago. So you would post something and everyone would see it. So the first home games had about 2000 people from 30 odd countries sign up to it all for free. And then it, it kind of kept us going, kept us having you know something to work on. And it was, it was fun. We then we kind of just, as this thing looked like it was going to last longer and longer, we just kept talking about what's next, home games 2.0. Okay, people are training at home. They need, they need some structure to the day. So we launched some online training programs. Um, we kind of just kept adapting and evolving to what was in front of us. Obviously, physical events came around and we are like, June's not going to happen. So we postponed it kind of till a later date. This thing kept going on. We managed to do a couple of outdoor park sessions in July when things opened again. We thought we're back on here. September was coming around and then kind of got a, the events industry kind of got forgotten about because no one really knew what you could and couldn't do. Our event was quite large. You speaking to the councils, they wouldn't give you any ideas to or sign off for it. Um, everyone's feeling a bit uneasy. Partners were like, well, we're not sure we can send our staff there. So we can that. Postponing the this, this, this summer festival last year in September almost broke me mentally, almost broke Turf Games for multiple reasons from, I guess, a financial point of view. 
But I think the support, the support of the community, a lot of people rolled over, a lot of people didn't. Everyone was sort of like, I want my money if I can. And so we, we, we just, if you want a refund, take a refund. Last year, like, I guess out, outwardly facing, we were doing great. We had awesome social media, awesome content. Community was growing. Behind the scenes, it was it was pretty tough. I think most business owners in our space or anyone in this kind of fitness space that had a physical presence or needed people to really grow or, or make money really struggled. Um, you know, there's, there's a couple of events globally that haven't made it through this and there may be a few events this year who may make it not make it out of this year because this is still going to be a bit of a like a makeup year so we yeah we kept moving forward we launched the pairs combine with pure sport got behind massively i think you guys entered pretty much at three teams per one to take the podium at each at each event <laughs> yeah sorry not sorry yeah. <laughs> um and then we just we just yeah just kept planning ahead um we had an epic six months of this year from january to june lined up thinking end of november time we're on here and then mid-December, we're like, no, we're not. So we kind of flipped it on its head. It, like, we have pivoted so many times to the point of if we have to pivot again and when this rollout now doesn't happen, I'm going to need to take a cold bath, I think, because it's, it's going to – it's only so many times you can, like, change PowerPoint slides, change your entire plans, communicate. It's not happening now. It's happening in the future. But we're super positive about the future. I think this year from July, you know, May, June, July onwards, July from big event point of view – We've got some really exciting conversations. Our partners have come on board this year in a much bigger way. So the future is looking really, really exciting. I think for both us and also, I guess, our community with, with experiences we're building globally, loads of new cities coming on board um, and just different event con concepts as well. And having you guys on board us from, from a partner point of view, I think benefits our community and also I think adds a lot more fun to the experience as well. Yeah, I think that first lockdown it was quite novel and new and everyone was like, oh, there's something new and exciting. The, the weather was kind of good as well. So anything that anyone put out, our home workouts, everyone was like, yeah, cool. And then everyone was doing lives and it was just everyone was kind of excited in a weird way. And I think it was that second lockdown where like over the Christmas period, everyone was like, I don't want to go outside. I don't want to be working out in my living room. And I think you guys were probably one of the only ones that I saw that had carried on even through the second lockdown. And even now, a lot of people have just died off and thought, oh, we'll just wait till things kind of open yeah. up again. I think there's definitely lockdown fatigue. Like last, I remember last spring, everyone's like, imagine doing this in, in winter. We're like, this would be hell. I said that's exact nine months. <laughs> and like, there's only so many people have backyards, you know, in, in winter time, they're constantly wet. But there was definitely that lockdown fatigue come June last year. We did like home games one, home games two, we grow, grew a lot with numbers. Home, home games three, everyone's like, I'm sick of working out at home. Gyms opened up, got back to the pairs combine we did, which was physical events around different gyms. They sold out super quick. People were just dying to get back, to be around their mates, be do something competitive and have something to train for. And then this lockdown, our home games for the team event, when you guys got on board was epic. Like the, the buzz was was a new concept for us. I think everyone enjoyed the individual team element. Um, this home games we've done, I think we've, we've had really good signups, but I think personally, I'm, I'm just bored at the moment. We're, we're in this lull of like, I just want to get going, right? Mm, so like, it's like no man's land. Yeah, we're in no man's land. Yeah. yeah. Um, so like, obviously when I first discovered you, I was a bit like, well, like, what is it? Like, what categories? It's not CrossFit. But then I was like, and that was at a time when functional fitness was like kind of only just becoming a thing, especially like functional fitness racing, where it was becoming competitive. So, like, when you first started, what kind of kind of kickback did you get? Because I noticed 
when I first started with you guys and came to a few competitions, anyone that did CrossFit kind of, I guess, looked down their nose at it and thought, oh no, that's, that's like turf game style. And then I, over the years, more and more and more CrossFitters have started coming along to your event. So how have you seen that over the last few years and kind of what's been your, your viewpoint of it? I built turf games almost for myself personally because I can't barbell cycle too too well. I can't Olympic weightlift and I can't do gymnastics. So I'm like, just because I can't do those things, I should not be able to compete in fitness. So I, I was had was following Ben Seymour on social media before I actually met him, and he's this absolute weapon. He's an ambassador of ours now. He's ridiculously fit, ridiculously strong, but he doesn't handstand walk. He doesn't. Um, Olympic lifts. So why there's no platform for him to express his, his athleticism. So I kind of built this, I guess it was an, in, an inclusive fitness comp, which is more based around, I guess, traditional strength conditioning and power as such, um, where you didn't need to have the skilled elements to take part. So when we launched in 2018 as our May, as our first summer festival, we were pretty much anyone who hadn't done CrossFit before, which was probably at that event, only like 20% of the people, everyone else was their very first fitness comp. We had loads of F45 studios putting in like eight teams. So this whole new kind of concept for a lot of people. And we'd had a couple of CrossFit gyms saying, why weren't we invited to this event? We're like, well, we're not targeting CrossFitters. We're just targeting or we'll just open up a fitness event for everybody. Um, and then 2019, we started getting like Mickey Smith and Joshua Sharma and all these like big CrossFitters doing it. And we, we did often get comments from, you know, your hardcore CrossFitters saying, oh, there's, there isn't enough barbell in this in these workouts. I'm like, well, we're not just about the barbell. And a lot of our workout workouts are, it's teamwork and tactics. So it's like you pick your team, almost like a rugby union team. You've got your props, you've got your wingers, you've got your centers, different skill sets, different sizes. And you kind of, you execute the workout based on your strengths and weaknesses of your team to maximize your score. And I think now there's a huge number of, CrossFit gyms enter loads of teams and, and come along. And I think I think CrossFit has changed a lot. It was this very intimidating 2016, you know, headbands. And it was like, I'm a CrossFitter. Whereas I think, I think James, James Dollar was one of those originals. But I think now it's, I think fitness is just, it's, it's all merged into this fit, functional fitness kind of crowd and community. And I think it's great that, you know, what Turf Games is, you can do anything in fitness and you can compete at the Turf Games. It doesn't matter if you're a CrossFitter or you go to a, a normal functional fitness gym that doesn't do Olympic lifting um, and you can take part, you can you can do well, you can challenge yourself. And I think now it's that the industry itself has kind of just come together, which is great for everyone concerned. And I think the kind of hardcore CrossFit boxes as such aren't, you know, they're probably few and far between now. There's, there's a lot more inclusivity. Yeah, that's one of the things that is so good about turf games is that anybody and everybody can do it. Whether you're, you have, obviously have your different categories, you have like your elite category and then you have your everyday category, but the movements that are included, it's not like, oh, I can't do this particular workout that you programmed because I can't do a bar muscle up or something like that. Everything, well, pretty much everything that you program, most people can do, whether or not they've got a history of being able to do it or not. They haven't have to go away, learn it, and then come back to the competition. So I think, yeah, I think that's why people have just really bought into it is because everybody can do it. 100%. That's, and it's, it's like even some movements we threw in one year with Farm Fitness was a, um, a monkey bar workout. We had, oh, we, I can't do monkey bars. This is meant to be inclusive. And then about two hours later, I had those same people said, oh, don't worry, I've just been to the gym and I can do that. So it's always good challenging people. And even one year we had a tire and it was like 350 kilos. And like, oh, we can't flip that. That's too that's too, too heavy. You said these workouts will be easy. And then at the end of the day, people will be like, oh my God, 
I just had the best day and I, and I challenged myself and realized I can do things I didn't think I could do. Monkey bars yeah. as a kid. Yeah. That was it. Yeah. Everyone, Go back to your childhood. Yeah. Think about it. Channel it. Exactly. Yeah. There you go. You're yeah. it. I remember that farm fitness one and you put a, a log in there. It was like skier, like one minute skier into like max reps, clean and jerk with a log. And it was 60 kilos. And I thought, well, this is basically, what was it? Isabel or Grace, Grace, the CrossFit workout was 60 kilos. And I was like, I'll rattle through this. I'll get like, I'll, be, I'll get like 20 reps. Did the first rep because it's so different and the weight distribution is different. I nearly took off my own head, nearly toppled back with it. And I thought, right, this is not a barbell. Like you need to learn how to do this. And that's what I like. It was just like, something different it wasn't a barbell but it was the same movement but it was just a variation of it yeah even this year we've got it's a very common lift for the elite category like a strength style workout but it will have a a style of bar that people don't generally use so we kind of try to i guess in, use general movements and, and whatever but still have an element of surprise to them we'll, we'll release the workouts prior to the event but um so people who just practice that, that move in day in, day out will still have to be like, oh, I need to tweak my technique or tweak something for that. So, yeah, I think that we've actually mapped out and planned all the elite workouts with Black Box this year. We're working on the everyday arenas with summer um, with, with the arenas. The elite, elite workouts were, I think, yeah, they're epic. They're just really good variety. The teamwork element, the tactics is going to come into it massively. And I think some teams will tactically get them wrong because they'll think it's best doing it this way and they will be wrong. So even some good teams will struggle. Um, I'm so that's excited. Nice. Yeah. Wait, one thing I really need to know, um, because I'm so far away from the pure sport team for this, how much would it cost in bribe money to put, throw in like a half marathon into, <laughs> into one of the events and then, then I'll be in? Um, half marathon, probably never. I don't, yeah. Yeah, but I'm talking about a bribe. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> It'd probably be a one one person competition. I think we did so. You have to just cover everyone else's entry fee. Yeah, <laughs> the thing is, like, they don't have that. What <laughs> really frustrates me and has done every single competition that you've programmed is that the workouts are not. They're programmed in a way that if you've got a team of five, you can't evenly split the work between the five of you. And it really frustrates me because I want to go in with my logical head and say, okay, well, we've got 10 reps to do this, five of us, you do two, you do two. And it's not you're trying to like, say you're really good. So you always end up doing more. No, what, what I'm, I'm saying, saying is I like to split it evenly and I'd be like, okay, well, everything divides up very nicely and it's not, you have right three of you need to do this, but two of you need to do this, but one of you needs to be hanging from a bar and it just fucks with my head. And I'm like, I don't know what the best way to program this is. And that's one of the elements of turf games, I think is that whole taking apart the workout. How is that workout going to work best for your team? And I think there was one at Canary Wharf and it had the worm and I think it had Max Kowskiurg. And I think the workout description, the worm, the worm. so it's like a long weighted tube, basically. You no, know I thought about I genuinely thought it was the worm dance move. The worm is towards your back. Ten, ten rip lion worm dance. Yeah. <laughs> 20 meter worm yeah. and back again. And it was, yeah. And if you didn't re read the workout description, you didn't even have to touch the worm. Your team could have just done Max Kowski erg. And those teams that actually read the description thought, actually, we'll just batter the ski erg. And they just smashed everyone's scores. And it's that kind of thing that I like rather than just being like, well, it's 21, 15, nine of this, this, and this, which is... Yeah, Gal, the team workouts we, we do program are very different to, I guess, um, like a lot of other team comps where it is in pairs, you know, four teams of four and two will do this, then two will do that. And so, and so it's very much like, it is, it is like a game of rugby. It is, how do I break up my team? 
according to my strengths and weaknesses to maximize a score and the tactics the, the one of my favorite things to hear is well, when i walk past the team who just finished going we fucked that workout up <laughs> I, that, that way we know that we actually the tactics had a, such a big impact on a team score yeah when you put these together do you know what the best tactics are or are you like someone's going to figure it out today better than others do you have like the inside scoop where you you test it before figure out the right way or do you just watch it ensue and enjoy when we're when we're planning the workouts that we do discuss the tactical element and how do we make the tactics come into it more so like it's generally me and lee uh, we'll sit down and you know we've got five workouts these five need to have this type of basis and this, this equipment and then we kind of like tweak it to make sure that the tactics will throw a curveball in like you know during the workout you have to do this but you can do it at any point in time so teams have to think about is it best at the start the middle the end if you don't get it done you don't get a score so we always have a base of a workout and then then we throw in a bit of a like tactical curveball yeah or sideshow alley which you've done quite a lot recently yeah. so do you know sideshow alley i don't know sideshow. so like there'll be let's say there's four workouts at the competition that you've got to do as a team but then there's just one sideshow alley that you can do at any time throughout the day and you have to just go and pick a time that you want to do it so you look at it and you think right what was the one at the winter one? It Which was a one ski, was ski erg, wasn't it? Ski erg, one, one and a half K, I think. Ski yeah, erg, yeah, between your team. No, it's time. But then it was like, well, if you, you can do 500 meters between, like each of you do 500 meters, but you can't then go back on. You have to get somebody else to come back on. So you have to divide up the distance so you can really maximize. Because if you go on too long, your yeah. splits start to drop off. And it's like, well, when do you want to do it during the day? Do you want to do it before you've done any of the workouts? Like yeah, or do you want to do it at the end of the day when you've done the other four workouts? Yes. But then, yeah, so little things like that that you throw in there and it's just like, oh, I have to think about this now rather than just think, oh, I know how to do this. Yeah, just always good to keep people guessing. And there is like, you, you, can, you can tell that, that, you know, people who have competed a lot at, a, at fitness comps, they kind of, even those things like you just mentioned about, you don't go until you're tired because when you go until you're tired, the last, you know, 10 seconds, you're operating at 70%. You go, you go, I'm going to do 30 seconds. I'm going to do 15 reps, whatever it might be. And you stick to that no matter if you're feeling great or whatever. Otherwise the team score can be yeah, that, that one second transition each time, especially in a long workout adds up yeah. to be quite a lot. And have some good ones as well. The summer one at Roslyn park, that's just you by yourself, but it's, you're still in a team, but you have to kind of do your best as, as yourself. And it, I think it was one minute max on the bike into one minute max burpee box jump overs. Yeah. And I would never do that in training because I was like, well, this is just going to be silly. Like my legs are going to be smoked and I'm going to try to do a burpee. And obviously it came up in the competition and everybody stacked it on the box. Everybody tried to jump on the first few and then had to take a few seconds, let their legs flush before they did it. And yeah, I do, I do like it. It's just something different. Yeah. Yeah. Like those sideshow we introduced in winter, no, it was in LA, where was it? Sydney, sorry. Sydney or yeah, Sydney 2019. Yeah, it was a really good bit of a like, good sideshow and it's just short, sharp workouts, bit of fun, gives people a bit of an extra workout to make up points. And um, Summer Festival, we're not sure we're throwing a sideshow this year, um, but we'll have something exciting planned for sure. So when you said you, when you started it, you didn't have like this long-term plan. It was kind of just take each day as it comes and watch it grow by itself. But now, do you have like a, a longer term plan? Have you think th are you thinking right in five years? I want to have one in LA, one in Sydney, one in Dubai, one in London. But then, are there more? Have you got more plans? Yeah, yeah. So, like I said before, it's building an endless summer. So, trying to find the best sunshine locations throughout the globe. We're talking to a few different venues around different different cities. So, what we're working on now is, I guess, yeah, the global 
assuming 2022 is going to be normal and we can go to back to Australia, you know, the Middle East, not just Dubai. We can go to multiple places in, in Australia. We can go, you know, maybe somewhere in Africa, multiple places in the States. And we've got a few more locations in the UK as well, which roll out. But it's, yeah, it's um, obviously the UK is our home and we're here as an amazing big community. We want to make sure that we keep innovating, keep adding a lot of value, keep building great experiences here. But the global rollout, I've, I've just bought on a, a business partner who has loads of event experience. So the, the two things we're working on is how do we grow and how do we improve? So how do we improve our current event experience? Is that like tweaking the event slightly? Is it different event experiences in the UK? How do we grow? And the, the global growth, I think, especially in Australia where we had great momentum and unfortunately probably will miss two years in a row, but LA, we've got a great community. Dubai has a huge potential. There's some really exciting things happening over there for later this year and, and, and moving forward. But it's those two sort of, I guess, strands as such. So working with a business partner, we'll, we'll, he'll focus on the UK. I'll be like, how do we grow the international stuff? So that's where I think the big growth will come from. That's obviously physical events. Then there's a huge space in the digital digital space. So looking at different options around, you know, there's obviously the whole app experience. We've got our online training programs. It's sort of like testing a few different things and then finding what works the best. Like, you know, when we go to LA or go to Dubai, we do a, you know, a city series there, just normally host at a gym, go over there, organically grow, meet the community and just feel and get a sense for what the reception is for the event. And luckily to date, all the places have gone, the buzz has been really great. So those cities will keep growing. And then again, we'll, we'll go to a new city, a couple of cities next year. Um, we're going to launch our first sort of surf and turf concept. So it'll include a bit of beach and traditional uh, barbells, etc. So I am doing functional fitness now. Go back. Yeah. <laughs> for that. Yeah. I Surf games, budget snuggles made up for that one. <laughs> Into that too. Yeah. <laughs> Something else for you, Will, which is we've got a new sort of more endurance concept we'll be launching later this year as well. So that'll be in the UK and also in Dubai. Uh, and then we'll roll it out. I'm fist pumped in here. You're time to shine. Look at that. I'm fist pumped. I face this whole interview because I'm so intrigued and it sounds cool anyway, but I think I've just taken flight. Yeah, we're going to try and pack the summer festival with a few turf games teams across all categories. We're not just coming to just wipe the floor with everybody, but we want to just kind of, we're an inclusive brand as well. Like we don't say, right, we want someone who's going to be this elite level person. Like we want people that just kind of embody the the vision that we have, whether that be someone who, you know, they've only got a thousand followers, something like that, but they just live and breathe pure sport or whether they've got, you know, like a million and we're happy to work with anybody in between. So when we come to your competitions, I think we will have people that go to the everyday competitions that have come along just to be a part of pure sport and be a part of turf games. But then we also want those people that use pure sport because they want that extra 1% in elite performance as well, because it helps with pretty much everything. Yeah, we're very, we're very blessed to have a wide community of people that, that engage with us every day. Mm -hmm. We love to shout them out. We love them being in the clubs. As soon as those go live for us as well, it's a very exciting concept. And yeah, just having everyone down and everyone's energy for us is, is the main thing. And that's like the turf games, you know, it's, we de definitely have had people say, oh, it looks quite intimidating. And even people who did our home games 1.0 who had been watching us on the sidelines, you know, through socials, like, oh, I'm not too sure I, I can do that. It's quite intimidating. Then dip their toe in the water in home games. And now we're like, actually, I can do this. And while our elite category, you know, it gets attention and so on, it's actually the everyday category, which is our like our biggest by far category we'll have over 200 everyday teams at the summer festival we'll have 
80 elite teams. And we'll, we'll cap the elite teams at 80, but and actually this year I, I was... I guess a lot of elite athletes during the lockdown have still had access to, to equipment in the gym, so they're, they're still they're, re they're ready to go. And most, well, the elite men and women have sold out really fast. But it's the everyday athlete, the you know, like myself who played a lot of sport. Now you know doesn't work in fitness, but works whatever, but just wants an outlet, um, wants to be be around their mates or it, the gyms, the, the PTs you have there. You know, community of of members who want to give them something to train for effectively a social experience, a social weekend that they can bond over. So that's where the kind of the growth for our for the turf games is and, and the, the, the big community numbers are, are those. And all our training days we do um, leading up to the summer festival, which we'll announce the dates very soon. Most people who come to those are the everyday athletes who just want to come and experience, I guess from a confidence point of view, what a turf games kind of is about in a non-intimidating environment as such. And a lot of people who come to those training days, you don't have to be signed up to a turf games to come to them. It's anybody just to be part of the community. And one of the greatest things is just seeing how many people have come to one and then you sort of follow them on social media and now all their friends that they hang around are from people they met at those training days and how many people just come back to each one. So obviously the more people who come back to each one, the pressure's on to keep innovating and not keep them the same and change the workouts and so on. But um, keeps us on our toes yeah i think that's one of the similarities that you have with crossfit is that the, it's the community that really pushes the brand forward and i think people see and they see like the documentaries of the crossfit games and people are like oh i can't do that like that's too elite for me but really you're looking at like the 0.1 percent of the elite and i think that's similar to like turf games you see these people that you know they're doing these unbelievable feats of strength and power however it's very much about the everyday athlete and they're the people who are really going to kind of build the community, build the events. And that's how you're going to get the thousands and thousands of people because that 0.1% is not really going to help no. grow the brand as much. No, it's not. And I think the big thing that people you know, shouldn't do is compare themselves to that elite athlete. Like you, it's, it's you versus you. Like if, if you today are doing a hundred kilo deadlift, then tomorrow you do 102.5, whatever you're, you're progressing. Don't worry about the guy next to you. And at, at a turf games event, as long as you push yourself and you challenge yourself and you go away, you know, happy with how you did, then everyone's kind of winning. And I think it's like that comparison, which I think is we probably don't do as much now as we used to do. A lot of people compare themselves. I can't do that. That guy's trained six days a week, but you can do it in your own way, but you might not lift the same weight as him or do it as fast or her, but you can still do it. And that's the biggest thing is you can, you can do it. You just might do, might not do it in, you know, in 10 minutes, you might do it in 20 minutes, but yeah, it's inclusive and um, it's about you getting better as a, as a, I guess, athlete, you know, from a health and fitness point of view yeah. as well. No losses. One thing I wanted to backtrack to was you said you struggled during the lockdowns and obviously turf games wasn't happening physically. You said your mental health was, was a bit ropey. How did, how did you deal with those times? So, well, I guess I spoke to, to people. I remember like a couple of days after it, well, the day we announced Summer Festival in September is postponed. I think Lee called me at a really bad time. Like I, I, I was, I was in tears. I was just like, "We're done." And I honestly thought at that time, Turf Games is done. And just, just through speaking to like you know, this Lee and Pookie and a few other guys and Caroline, my wife, it was just, it was through speaking to those people and like, and just being reassured that we have an amazing brand and platform. Like, no matter what happens, we can come back from it. You know, if it. If it's financial reasons, then you can always find a way. We haven't, us as a brand, have, haven't caused this. It's been an external force. So 
we just I, I tried to stay positive as much as I could initially. And then it was like, okay, well, how do we keep moving forward? What else can we do now? And and then about two weeks later, it's like, we let's launch a pairs combine. You know, let's operate within the in the rules. And how do we keep adding value? How do we keep the brand at the front of people's minds? And but I think you know what it's kind of the, the everyone's talking about in the mental health space is you just need to talk to someone, and that's what I, I had to do. Like there were yeah, as, a, a re, as I said, a couple of really dark days of not knowing, but it's just you need those people to like reassure you because I. I I sit in the eye of the storm. Like I just literally every day is just turf games and all you kind of, you, your vision gets clouded because all you think about is the negative stuff. And um, you see those people on the periphery who know what's going on, but just to think about the bigger picture. And I think it's that, that's what is, is that bigger picture kind of scenario where you go, you know what, it's not that bad. We can, we can keep moving forward. Yeah. Um, so yeah, just yeah. talking. Yeah. Good stuff. And would, do you think from, from learning these lessons that, even though it's obviously a bad situation that it's happened, you will take some value out of those real shit times and it will make you stronger moving forward. I think, I think so. Yeah. I think personally it's, you still get down and about stuff in business. Like it's when it's your baby and you're trying to, you know, move forward and you get sort of all these roadblocks in the way. But I think it's one of the reasons why I brought on a business partner to sort of like, widen the team and what share the stress with someone more on a day-to-day basis and not involve people who aren't there day-to-day so it's taking different learnings like that and kind of more from a business point of view hire you know or work with someone who who covers your weaknesses with their strengths and then i focus on my strengths and he can and they, they work on the rest of the business so i think that and also they just believe in the product you built believe in the brand you built it's easy to focus on the negatives or the noise you know, you, you constantly try not to do that, but this, you sort of sometimes fall back into those dark days. So you, you say you brought on a business partner. So like I've always seen it as you, one man band. However, I do kind of over the years, I've seen like a Lee Phillips or something like that. So how many is in the team now? So day to day, it's sort of team at turfgames.com is Andy Manteed. Um, yeah. So there's, yeah, there's, there'd be um, one more guy who who will be helping out sort of more, semi full-time and then like you know lee and pookie and you know tara lee etc like so lee's lee's obviously a big part of turf games so he's won you know loads of the stuff early on but he from the workout point of view programming etc he does all that kind of stuff and i guess the goal is to grow grow the business where these guys can be more of a like you know bigger part of the business so it's it's really kind of two of us day to day if you you might outsource a couple of things but yeah i think it's it's a small team and then it's just, it's just that burden of when you're in this bubble again, like you've known, known to talk to about it it can get a bit, get a bit lonely. Yeah. Uh, you you, you want to have fun, right? Like you guys have an epic team. You probably, and you want to share in the good times as well, right? Times as well, yeah. Yeah. And like the guys, you know, the ambassadors we've got on board and quite a few of the guys who've been with us since day one, they're kind of like extended turf games family, but you do need someone who's with you on the journey day to day. Otherwise, it's quite hard to share some of the stuff, both good and bad, with someone who's like, yeah, cool. Yeah. So that obviously eats up an awful lot of your time. But then you've obviously got this background of sport and fitness and a passion for it. So how do you factor in your own training and stuff like that around it? So my training probably more relates to a bit more of a vanity project. So, you know, training for the beach, training for the holidays, et cetera. But just yeah. an <laughs> I'm in for that. <laughs> I've done my first 40 kilo overhead squats this week, which I'm pretty buzzing about. So I'm trying to progress my, my general fitness. But so 
when we were doing our training days, physical events every, you know, every other week. So, you know, getting to get together all these, like, you know, initially a bunch of guys like James who were like elite fit guys. I was like, I can't be that guy who organizes these as a heap of shit in the corner, like in covered in sweat. So my training had to elevate so I could kind of hold my own. So 2018 or so, I was really, really fit in a everyday athlete kind of way. At the moment, I'm pretty unfit i'm just going through the motions probably like a lot of people is just just haven't got the equipment haven't got the time etc fitness has been part of my life the the the, the day this my school said you can now legally join the gym at like age 15 i'm like bang i'm in there um i've been going to the gyms five six days a week you know when when you could since the age of 18 um my training has definitely changed a lot more from just the the beach muscles, the kind of calves, the, the chest and the back and the biceps and the Friday afternoon t-shirt session. But it's a lot more that kind of functional stuff now where it's that kind of, I guess, conditioning with strength and training in, in more of a turf games way. And I guess now that we've got training days coming back and want to get a bunch of you know guys and girls together, I need to ramp up my conditioning game. But I'm not sure I'm, I will never be at like Will's level of running, you know, 40Ks. For, was it how, how many days? Seven days in a row or something? And the rest. I did, uh, do you want to do the stats? How many marathons do you do? I did the... Worst one or the best one was John O'Goats to Land's End, and that was an average of 55 miles a day for 16. And that was when I first started running. So I'm just a psychotic human being, really. Yeah, and then casually just ran 107 kilometers on the weekend in one go. Ultra, was that the Ultra X? Yeah. Just by himself. Well, you were a company, but not for the whole thing, just bits and bobs here and there. But set out at what, 6 30 in the morning, carried on till 6 30 in the evening. Yeah, six to six, but yeah. I, was dis- I was disappointed. I didn't go. I didn't do very well. I, I ran 60K see. once and I haven't been since. No, I saw that one, yeah. <laughs> this yeah. guy just does it. I came for 100K a on a weekend. I came for a lot. Yeah, no, I've, I have, haven't run more than about 4Ks in about 10 years. Running's not, not my jam. It's hard, isn't it? It is. Hopefully someone puts it in turf games because I'm there. No, there will always be running, but it won't be like, yeah. Because the thing about a 5K run is it just, it's boring to watch. It's I'm not saying a it's very in jest. It's not, like, it's not really a spectator <laughs> No, no, you would love to hear this. So was it, I can't remember which competition it was, but it was, I think it was an individual one. I think it was a 3K row into a 3K run. Correct me if I'm wrong. It might have been 2K and 2K. It was Fittest in the City, I think. Was, was that, that Putney? One? Yeah, Putney. Yeah, that was a yeah. one and a half, maybe one and a half, a 2K run. Yeah, into, yeah, with a short break into a, yeah, a one and a half, 2K row. 2K so I have row. a group chat with the likes of the Lean Machines and Faisal and those boys. That particular workout comes up probably at least once a week. And John Chapman said he had the worst time just pairing those. Like you could be good at running and you can be good at rowing, but to pair them together and then to absolutely send it on both. That's what's good. And I really enjoy about it is you just kind of do things that you wouldn't normally do. Like I wouldn't pair those and I wouldn't go full send in a training session. So it's just kind of seeing what you're about. Yeah, that Fittest in the City event, which was in 2019, like Turf Games is about team teamwork and obviously an individual event isn't so much about teamwork so we thought well let's let's do it let's the story is you've got to do a team event and you if you do well at the team event you qualify for the individual and there's only 50 athletes at crossfit putney just as they opened and the hype and the buzz around that event was was unbelievable we had you know some epic athletes and the the winners qualified for for team uk to, to fly to sydney to compete in the sydney event and there was a lot of there was about five workouts squeezed into quite a short period of time and they were pretty intense workouts and I know John Chapman is he it was probably I think that he says it's the worst he's ever felt in his life <laughs> there was a D-ball one as well there wasn't was there a D-ball, the 10 yeah. 10 8 6 4 2 10 D-ball to shoulder 10 
burpee over D ball and then a 10 meter carry, eight, eight, six, six. And I think, yeah, that broke a lot of people. Yeah. It's funny how it was just that, what, like 10, 15 minutes of someone's life just gets brought up over and over again because of the pain that you've put someone in. Yeah, there's also a wall ball, I think, dumbbell box step over one, which I remember seeing some guys and girls just in an absolute heat. Like they, they couldn't move. Um, but it's badness that we pay for this and then we come back as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what did you miss? The times that it really sucked. Yeah. 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 It's, it's the programming workouts is quite fun. Like you obviously, sometimes when you start thinking, you're like, I have absolutely no idea. And then once you get a bit of roll on, it's like, yeah, this is, this is cool. And how, how nasty can we get? Or how fun can we get? It's only going to get worse because we have the new product clarity. And if you've got, <laughs> if you've got clarity, when you're, when you're thinking of these sick workouts, like, oh, sorry, everyone. That <laughs> Uh, limitless with um bradley yeah. cooper my brain was yeah <laughs> <laughs> you know mass will start popping out and all this stuff yeah i have to get me some of that um yeah so like of, of the last four years it's been going what's your what was like, your biggest high and probably your biggest low i guess maybe lockdown last year might have been the biggest low but then what would be your biggest high over the last four years from turf games um from a, a brand partnership point of view when Under Armour went from like, we'll partner in a small way to two months later going, we want to, you know, in inverted commas, own this and, and naming partner, it was just like, holy shit. Like personally, Under Armour has been my favorite apparel brand for years and to have them come on board. That was a huge like milestone, I think, for the business, for the brand to like have a bit of, you know, having a brand like that on board gives you trust. One moment which kind of changed the way I did things was our Fitness in the City 2018 was an individual event. And I was MC, ops manager, set up, head judge. It ran an hour and a half, two hours over time. And I, I've never been so stressed in my life. I, 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 almost, I said after that event, I'm like, I'm not sure I can do this anymore. This is a shit idea. Um, so just that structure of how, like, hey, we need, we need master judges. We need help. I need a team. So that, that was a good, I guess, learning curve. That was probably a low point. Obviously, last year, the September cancelling of the event was a low point, but that was out of our control. One of the, the a high point, there's been, there's been a lot. There's not like one point in time, but just when you go to Dubai or you go to Sydney or you go to these new cities and then and people just like, you know, even people have done a lot of CrossFit comps. They're like, this is one of the, in Dubai, people said this was the best day of my life. I'm just like, holy crap, like that's epic. And then you hear like, Someone who met someone in Dubai, been dating one of the guys or girls for like twelve months. He's like those little things. Are like that's cool. I like that. And there's not one point in time where I don't think I'm like that's the highlight. I think those individual points in time, when an event at the end of the day runs on time, everyone's buzzing. You always get a few people go, oh, you know, wish I did better or that whatever for whatever reason. But but yeah, I think at the end of any event that runs successfully, which we've done quite well, I think since 2019, it's just a big high, like. Like a lot of things in life, when you say you do a presentation before, you're shitting yourself. When you finish, you're like, yes, this is epic. And it's like, that's what events are like. That was a long when you answered your question. But any event that goes well, Dubai, LA, Sydney have always been amazing. September, sorry, summer 19, London, we had like the Aussie teams over. We had Beats there. We had Under Armour there. I was just like, Jesus, what have I created? <laughs> um, I remember when we were setting up for the Summer Festival 19, Beats turned up, Beats by Dre. 
And we, they were there before us and there was two massive lorries like of their equipment. I'm just like, this is for us, man. Like what's going on? Do you have those moments when you're at an event and you just take a second to just be in it? Because I know there's a lot of things when you're in the rush of something and it's all cool and all happening, sometimes you don't take that that second. And it happens to me every now and again, especially when I'm on holiday for some reason. But you just take a second and you're present and you're just like, well, that's holiday, but this yeah. must be on a whole nother scale yeah. just to see everything you've done from from zero to this epic thing. If you I advise no one ever talk to me two hours before an event and half an hour after the start time because I am stressed as hell. Once the event, the first heat's underway, the timing's up, people get people get into it from yeah, from hour two, it's just like everyone good yeah you're like sweet and it just it generally we kind of got a great process it runs smoothly it's like a holiday from the first day you're still a bit stressed second third day you're like i'm into it now and it's like that with the events is yeah hour two hour three like epic this is cool we've kind of it's just like clockwork touch wood very much like the build up as well the planning and making sure where they should be on time and stuff like that once the day is on its way it's very much just like just putting out fires yeah 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 no one died. Yeah. Nope. Yeah. This then. yeah. You always get a few curveballs and you know, weather's one as, as well. When you do an outdoor event, you're like, I have three weather apps going at any given time. Try and I believe the one that's more sunny. You got rain today. Huh? Rain today. It's a really yes, good one. I do. Yeah. 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 See, all the elite crew really need to know about uh, weather. weather rain today is an hour. Yeah. It shows you just an hour of if there's going to be rain. It shows you the cloud formations and everything. So big up rain today. Yeah. Um, but yeah the events themselves i think um the end of the day is always great especially the summer festivals when you have the after party and that that's always good fun um but yeah we try to try to like we've never nailed the after party although some sydney in 19 the after party was um was really fun but this year we'll have a big after party at summer i just need nice sunny weather i think have the lines if the lines tour goes ahead on the big screen and have a big party Stuff of dreams. I just want to get outside and hang out with people. I don't care what I do, but if it's going to be at Turf Games and there's going to be the lions on and there's going to be a few beers, then I'll be like, actually, this is this is pretty decent. I just throw them outside with some people. I'll be more than happy. So, outside in the sun, it's, it's so much better than being in, in, indoors. But you obviously got the weather to to play with there. But um, yeah, crack on. You're going to take part every day. You probably be the manager, like topping up his water or something every in between workouts. Water the next fight. And bring the towel. And I'm like, oh, we'll towel. Yeah. Oh, that'll be Dan. And I remember at um, the Wit Combine, Dan and Grayson came. It was the first time I met them. And they're like, mid-workout, going, here's your water, mate. Here's your water. Here's a towel. Wipe, wipe your hands down. And like almost like a proper professional management team. That's the thing. Like, they're ex-professional rugby players. So for them to be on the other side, they get so G'd up about it, about the rest of their team. Because, you know, they just treat them as teammates. So whatever they can do to help their team win, they're going to do it. Makes you feel part of it as well. 100%. Especially as it's like the founder is there handing you a water bottle because you're competing for his company. Like, that's awesome. I love that kind of it stuff. It is great how over the years, like how serious some people take it. And it's like, it's like a, it's a proper sport and everything else. And it is, it's kind of like, oh, wow, this is kind of a, you know, created something quite fun that people actually take seriously. And, you know, there is, you know, decent prizes or decent stuff to come off the back of it as well. But there's also the other side where people come along just for, you know, the laugh and the Instagram content, which is a lot yeah. of. Yeah, that's big. There's so many turf games posts yeah, afterwards. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And it's one of the biggest probably complaints we kind of don't get 
too much anymore is we over invest in photography is that like people like where's my professional photography reel like uh we didn't kind of employ someone for, for you for the day, but <laughs> yeah. a thousand people here it's hard to get that the money the people just want that money shot mm-hmm. so you know now we make sure that we you know have people focusing on certain areas that there's the 99 chance you'll get a decent shot yeah. uh, but like, mate, you've got your own phone. Just bring you, bring someone along and, you know, get a photo with it. <laughs> I remember I had that conversation with you probably a couple of years ago, but if, before it wasn't really a thing, you know, like you'd go to a competition, you do the competition, you might get a picture afterwards on the podium or, you know, just you've completed it. But I think you very much brought that into, into the limelight of like, no, actually we'll bring a photographer. We'll supply the photographer because off the back of it, you're going to get so much exposure because people are going to be posting about turf games. Like I know I have probably... 10, 15 photos just from turf games competitions. I think I've even got one on my hinge profile actually from turf games. <laughs> Cause I was like, yeah, there's a bicep vein. I'll put, I'll put that up. So yeah, turf games really- adding value in so many different ways. I think Grayson employed you cause you saw you on a turf games photo once, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> Who's that lad with the vicious room? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Biceps. Yeah, but this, this summer, cause like, all the content for this summer is like summer 2019. I'm just like, for me, cause I've seen it so many times. It's so uninspiring like this you're resharing the same images so this summer we'll over invest in a pretty big content team to really like tell loads of stories and get loads of content that can keep us going for quite a while so everyone you know and, and photography as well will have multiple so you, there's a good chance if you see someone with a big camera just get in front of them and say take a photo of me but make sure your eyes aren't closed because that one won't, won't make the cut yeah, just tell me twice i'll be yeah. there <laughs> well, of people we'll talk back on. No, yeah. no, no, yeah. didn't bring one <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, like I think we'll, we'll start to wrap it up there, but I think at the moment you've got home games five going on. Yeah, so it wraps up next Friday, the 20, oh, sorry, last workout, the 26th, then Easter wraps up and then today's the pure sport one, right? Today's pure sport went live. So yeah, mixed pairs, um, is a kind of four rounds workout body weight, um, is 10 minute AMRAP next week. Last workout finished on April, April 1st, and we'll probably do some type of digital stuff in the future but i'd love to not call them home games because that means we're still that means we're back at home and then april 12th gym's open which i think easter april 12th is going to be a huge reset in people's confidence psyche days probably end of april early may with some like small outdoor ones and then proper training days from 22nd of may and then just, yeah, over the next couple of weeks and big announcements on events and the training day schedule coming up. So yeah, stay tuned. Yeah. Keep an eye on the Turf Games Instagram and the Pure Sport one because I've got them all in my diary. So I'll be putting them out on and promoting as well because I'll be down there with Pure Sport Fitness Club coming to yeah. fill the podium basically. Yeah, we'll, have, we'll do lots of stuff. Like I'm just, yeah, we'll get, get Will along. He'll be, well, he'll be on the, in the elite male Pure Sport team. He'll be the endurance guy just on the... On the on just the, do a relay. There's 400 meter run. Just yeah. go, Will. Go, 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 go. Come back, tag me. I didn't I know the workouts like three athletes run three laps. Can we just have one athlete run nine laps? <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm out. <laughs> but yeah, there's loads more events coming this year. So yeah, stay tuned and make sure you're following Turf Games. But um, yeah, and lots of fun with Pure Sport. So lots of ways to win some cool products like the stuff they just launched today, which I'm excited to find out more about. Love a job, Right. Cheers, team. Thanks for tuning in. Yeah. Thank you, boys. Big up Turf Games. <laughs> Yo, thank you, Pure Sport fan, for tuning in. 
As a valued listener, we'd like to offer you a 20% discount code site-wide on puresportcbd.com. Use the code PROJECT20 to level up your life. If you like this podcast, like, subscribe and share with your friends. And remember, no stress, stay blessed and we'll catch you next time.